what I'll do in this kind of introduction is give an introduction into scenarios, uh, methodologies. I mean, for some of you, this might be fairly common ground, particularly those who will be presenting the project, but we are aware that a lot, for a lot of you it's something totally new. So in a way, it tries to uh, explain the main aims and distinctiveness of um, scenarios, methodologies, as a way to look at the future, what the differences are with conventional ways of thinking about the future, like forecasting, um, but also highlighting the kind of difficulties that exist if we want to combine what I would call normal, conventional uh, research, which we used to do, and how can we combine this with scenarios methods. Now, looking at conventional forecasting, and of course, doing migration research, I'll do, I will refer a lot to migration examples. Um, of course, people studying migration have tried to look in the future, predict certain things, like what is the effect of the EU expansion or migration to the EU within the EU, to give an example. What is the effect on NAFTA? What will the effect on NAFTA be on migration between Mexico and the US, for instance? Now, a lot of forecasts have been done, but most of these forecasts have come up with results that subsequently didn't uh, reflect reality in the future. Um, and these kind of conventional forecasting methods have heavily relied on quantitative data and statistical analysis, and particularly attempts to basically extrapolate what we've seen in the past into the future, and have tried to look to derive parameters from previous studies and to apply them in, in different settings. Now, one example of that, it's quite a well-known example here in Britain, is a study that had been done uh, was commissioned by the Home Office here on what will be the effect on migration to the UK of the enlargement with 10 new countries in the East. And a team of very accomplished economists uh, have done a study on trying to estimate, to model, what will the effect be uh, of this enlargement on migration. My forecast was that net migration to the UK from those 10 accession countries would be relatively small, between 5 and 13,000 immigrants per year. And partly based on this study and these results, the UK opened its borders for immigrants from other, from new European Union countries. Now, compare what happened in reality migration from the new accession countries to the UK, it's quite a big gap. So this was the lower estimate and this was the higher estimate. And although there can be no doubt that those researchers are very accomplished researchers and used the best possible statistical methods they could use to do this, it already shows how limited the power is of such uh, ways of looking into the future. Because just this example, their parameters were derived from previous studies of the effect on the German reunification from Eastern Germany to Western Germany. Now, it's not rocket science to say that this is quite a different situation to talk about uh, migration from East Germany and West Germany, former West Germany, to apply that in a very different setting, UK and migration from uh, new accession countries. They also assume that things kind of remain the same, the world remains the same all the time, applying uh, parameters, estimates from past studies to the present. And 
what often happens with forecasting as well is that you have this kind of linear projections. We have seen a certain trend in the past, a certain increase or a decrease of migration, and we basically assume things will continue in the same way. Whereas in practice we know there are a lot of trend breaches, discontinuities in, in such mechanisms. Another problem is that there's obviously a lack of data, particularly in migration, but many other areas. Uh, there's a lack of data, but that's not the only problem. It's also difficult to quantify certain phenomena that are very important to include in such models, but you can actually have difficulties to include in models. Uh, like politics, for instance, or power, yeah, or bigger changes like globalization. How do you factor that into a kind of bilateral model of two countries that have migration flows? So it's very difficult to crunch these changing complex realities into new realities, and particularly when we start thinking about the future. So in many cases, the data doesn't exist, and the parameters are estimated using previous studies done in often other countries, in other settings. So they kind of assume that the same structure exists across, and also across countries. And then there's the issue of complexity. This is just an overview of all sorts of factors we believe affect migration flows. So there are elements like global change, technology, um, policies that are very difficult to quantify if we have the data at all, but they're complex interactions which make it very difficult to model these processes. And particularly when we think in the future, and the complexities that change over time, it becomes very difficult to use kind of conventional forecasting techniques. Because when thinking in the future, we, we deal with two major uncertainties, sources of uncertainty. The first source of uncertainty is probably more familiar for people doing social science research, which you could call model uncertainties. Just our limitations in understanding of the mechanisms that drive, for instance, migration processes. Although we know quite a lot, there are still many uncertainties. For instance, in migration, how those process of development, how do they affect migration? There's still a lot of questions out there. But for scenarios, and this is where the scenarios methodology is particularly useful, we deal with another source of uncertainty when thinking about the future, which is contextual uncertainty. So how does the world change? How does the entire environment impacting on a particular process, which can be, in this case, migration? How do these different factors change over time? We basically are dealing with a lot of uncertainties here which are very difficult to quantify. And certainly, not. let's not assume they'll linearly develop in the same way as they've been developing in the last 20 years, for instance. I think across many institutes in the Oxford Martin School, we found the scenarios methodology particularly useful. I would say to complement what we normally do when we think about the future of migration, to somehow open the box and become more creative in thinking about how things might change in the future. Now, I will briefly explain what the scenarios methodology entails in the next few slides, but there are particularly useful methods to kind of in a systematic way, as, as well, in a kind of systematic way think about the future, not just have a brainstorm, but apply a quite rigid method in order to explore uh, futures and to prepare us for the likelihood of change. And certainly, not. let's not assume business as usual, which is basically what linear projections do. They detect certain trends in the past, and they assume they're continuing in the future. 
And the method is particularly useful to uncover all sorts of implicit assumptions that underlie conventional thinking about many phenomena that do matter to the future. And they stimulate out-of-the-box thinking, also for social scientists, because a very important element of scenarios is to involve also non-researchers, people from business, people from civil society, policymakers, to get them together and, assist, and to discuss in a systematic way how the phenomenon they're interested in might change in the future and also open the box because people bring in very different perspectives. And also social scientists tend to be very conventional, doing a certain type of what Thomas Kuhn would call normal research and just continue the same business. And perhaps we're not studying the right questions. And for instance, in migration research, you could perhaps say it's much too short-term focus. There's not a lot of researchers try to look at the longer term. But the key element, and for me, when I started to learn about scenarios as a method, for me, the main lesson was scenarios should focus on the answer and not on the certainties. Because, again, for instance, in migration research, it's very common to focus on demographics because that's perhaps the one single factor we know a little bit more about in the next 10, 20, perhaps 30 years. That's the kind of give some stability to what we think in terms of the future. It tends to ignore all these other factors that are much more uncertain. But the, met- the scenarios methodology tends to turn these things upside down and focuses actually when exploring the future on main uncertainties that do matter to the phenomenon we are studying. Scenarios are not forecasts. They are not projections. Like this is going to happen. They are also not a sort of different specification of such forecasts. But it tried to apply a very different, a more intuitive approach to visualize different possible futures. So not saying this is going to happen, but now considering the main uncertainties that do matter to this phenomenon, we might envision future A, B, C, or D. And we do not necessarily expect them to become true, but they are real, plausible possibilities. So they tried to develop different stories First, focusing on what has happened in the past. What do we know today, and how could this phenomenon evolve in the future? So it's not to come up with predictions, it's to come up with plausible stories about different evolutions that might happen in the future. And the least likely thing is we reproduce the status quo, business as usual. Expect the unexpected. Now, when thinking about uncertainties, we can perhaps identify different levels of uncertainty, from relatively certain to highly uncertain. And when we think about forecasts, they are probably useful for short-term, really short-term events. The level of uncertainty is relatively low. If we look just the next one or two years, we could probably use estimates that were done in more recent years to to say something, because we cannot assume that the global context will radically change, although that might happen, but the relative chance of that is is small. Then we have the unknowables, the unknown unknowns, or whatever you call it, in the future. It is too far away, we basically don't know. Scenarios, more or less, are situated within this kind of sort of uncertainties, which we might call structural uncertainties. Where it is possible to use our intuition, so not formal statistical models, and our logic to understand how certain events might evolve in the future. But we are not sure certain about the outcome, so we envisage different 
outcomes in the future. But they also contain some what in scenario speaks called predetermined elements. And in migration, demography might be one of those elements that are relatively stable and easier to predict, at least in the short term. And to, to visualize this, this is time distance, so this is now. We go further in distance, and the sources of uncertainty basically increase. And the sources of, of the degree of certainties or predetermined elements decreases. So this is the immediate future, a few years ahead from now. We could perhaps use forecasting techniques. Scenarios tend to look more at a sort of midterm perspective. This is basically the source of uncertainty becomes so high, it becomes a sort of speculation and it doesn't seem to be sensible. So it's very important for any scenario exercise to reason within groups involved in scenarios making what is a sensible time horizon. And that might differ from phenomenon to phenomenon. Some phenomena are highly volatile and you can basically only say something about the next five to ten years. Others, you might perhaps expand the time horizon to several decades. Now key, as I said in the beginning, is the involvement of stakeholders. This is one of the pictures of our most recent stakeholder workshop that took place in Cairo is to get together not only academics but indeed people from many different sectors including government, business, civil society to talk about a similar topic to explore systematic futures but bringing these different perspectives does help people to challenge their respective perspectives and to broaden their thinking to open up their imagination about the future. To run you very briefly through what actually happens at least how we have applied it in the International Migration Institute, the Global Migration Futures Project, is first to look at a phenomenon. For instance, migration in North Africa, to take up that example. To look at the past, let's say the last 40, 50 years, to identify what have been the main certain and more certain factors structuring migration. What have been the main trends impacting on migration? And when we think about the future, which of those factors seem to be relatively certain and which of those factors seem to be relatively uncertain. Now, to take that example in migration, so demographics is relatively certain, we would say it's absolutely certain, but more certain than other factors like political stability, democratization, or economic growth, to take some examples. And this is the key element, and for me it was the big eye-opener like two, two years ago, then you have to put all these different factors, so these uncertainties, so this we, we keep aside. We're going to focus on the uncertainties. Which of all those uncertainties we know that driver are important on impacting on the phenomenon we try to understand are most uncertain and matter most. In our case, we put all these different factors, these 20 different uncertainties I think we identified, on these two axes. And these, this axis is the greatest impact on migration, and this is how high is the source, the level of uncertainty about this? And what the scenario, and this is really key in the scenarios methodology, does is to single out those uncertainties that are at the same time highly uncertain and at the same time we know that they're very important in impacting on that phenomenon when we think about the future. So it's turning around what I would normally do, is focus on the things I am more at ease with. <laughs> This is basically what happens next. Once identified those different factors, like the case of migration, it could be economic growth, for instance, high or low, and this could be something like political stability, high or low, and basically you create four quadrants 
which form the basis of very different scenarios. And this is how then in scenarios you start to narrate a scenario story into the future about involvement in the context, which is very different, according to this axis, and how the phenomenon uh, might then evolve within these different scenarios. And it's a kind of systematic way of working. It's trying to single out those factors of matters most, prioritize them somehow, and then put them on two axes and force yourself <laughs> to develop plausible scenarios, not fantastic kind of phantasm stories, plausible scenarios in the sense that they also take into account those sources of certainty that we are more sure about. So, and also take into account uh, factors uh, of which we basically know more. Um, now, I'll go back. I think the different presentations will further illustrate. I can imagine it sounds still a bit abstract, <coughs> what I'm saying, to people who haven't been involved in scenarios methodologies. But this is why we have the panel, actually. And I hope that the presentations of the three different projects give a little bit more of concrete examples how this could actually work and what the problems are. One thing I have to stress, I think that all three pro 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 projects are still in progress as far as I've understood. So we're not going to present final results. We are going to give insights from the process. Some of us might have some initial results or insights to report. So it is very much um, also an occasion to get feedback.